Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, welcome to Own the Microphone. I am Bridget McGowan, and today I have with me the one, the only, Betsy Myers. Betsy, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Bridget. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because you and I already talked for a half hour before even hitting the record button about all kinds of topics in the world of speaking and just professionalism and women in leadership. So this is going to be a really good conversation, everybody, if you're really wanting to just up-level not only in speaking, but in life in general. Now, Betsy, I understand that you did not set out in the world to be a professional speaker. You did not, you know, I don't know, come out of high school or come out of college and say, yes, owning the microphone is the profession for me. How did you get started in the speaking world? You know, it's, uh, I think it's like, uh, there's a securitist road, right, of how we land places. But I think for me, um, I, I, when I got out of college, I went to the University of San Diego and got a business major. But I, I was kind of like, I didn't know really where my life was going to take me, you know, and so I had a lot of different, I kind of dabbled in politics. And I, then I worked in insurance and financial products for a while. And, and then that led me to a job in the Clinton administration. And that's really where I ended up in uh, 30 years ago, it's hard to believe, but ended up running, I was the head of the office for women business owners at the small business administrations. What that job was, in, in, uh, was kind of the chief advocate for women entrepreneurs. And when I got to this job, my boss at the time was this, uh, the leader of the SBA is a guy by the name of Erskine Bowles, who went on to be the president's chief of staff. He's a very successful businessman out of North Carolina. But he said to me, you need to be out in the country talking, you know, sharing the president's message on women and business and and all the resources that SBA has to offer. And I remember him saying, you should be out about 60% of the time. And I remember like, what? I, I was like, and they, he said, you, there's conferences in every state, big women business owner conferences, usually hosted by the governor or the mayor of a city. And, um, and we, you know, support you to do that. So I had no speaking experience whatsoever. And I was like thrown into having to get up and give a keynote. And uh, I remember the very first speech I gave in the Clinton administration was it was in New Mexico and Santa Fe. And I remember getting up and having that what a lot of first time speakers do, right? Which is my heart beating out of my chest, getting sweaty. You know that thing where you you loot in your throat? Yep. It's this little thing that like, um, and I, but the good news was, was I was prepared. I had studied uh, and I was really like out of the shoot. Like I gave this speech like week one, okay. And of my job, but what I did was I studied the president's, uh, Clinton's, everything that he said, had said about small business. Okay. And I did what the small business administration did. And I studied what my office did. So I created, you know, I had to write my own speech I did have a staff, but I had just gotten there. So, um, but anyway, so I just got up there and did the best I could, but I remember like, oh my God, okay, I got to figure this out. 
you answered the next question I was going to ask was, okay, you're thrown into having to give this keynote in New Mexico, week one of the job. How did you prepare? And so you answered it with, I studied, I learned everything I could about the topic on which I was going to be speaking. Now, I remember being in a similar position, not working for a president or anything like that, but <laughs> I remember starting a new job. And the first week, having to co-present with someone whom I'd never met. I was living in Texas at the time. I was flown out to Phoenix. And I'm meeting up with someone. Again, I didn't, I just knew his name. And I think I'd seen his profile on LinkedIn or something <laughs> or on the company website. So I knew kind of who I was looking for. And we met up and kind of shared some notes and talked about what, who would say what. And we went for it, Right. But if you could go back 30 years, yeah, what would you have done differently or what would you change about the presentation? Well, that particular presentation was, I, I mean, everyone has a, you know, everyone has a fear of speaking. And so it's one of those things I always say, learning to public speak is like, it's like building a muscle. You, you know, if you, the first time you go to yoga class, you know, you're not going to be a great yoga person, right? Or the first time you try to learn a language or whatever it is, you have to build a new a, a skill set. And, you know, I think that the thing that I learned over time was um, to, to know what your material was. And the second thing was, it's not, you don't want to over PowerPoint anyone. It's about the stories. It's the stories of the people. So as I, the longer I worked, in that job, then I would meet people. So if my first speech in New Mexico, I met women who'd gotten SBA loans and I was started to keep, you know, learn those stories. And, um, and that, that, that's really what I, at the time I didn't realize it was about the stories, but I always tell people <clears throat> when you're speaking, you're telling a story, you're not, you know, overwhelming us with facts. The facts are attached to a story. That's right on those stories are what people are going to remember and, and, and what will help them remember the facts, right? <laughs> it's going Absolutely. to connect to the facts. Yeah, for sure. Betsy Myers speaks about the importance of executive sponsorship programs to drive the advancement of women. Prior to joining the Clinton administration, Betsy spent six years building Myers Insurance and Financial Services, which is based in Los Angeles, California. She specialized in the small business and the women's market, providing insurance and retirement planning. Now, a service, a public service fellow at Harvard's Kennedy School, Betsy graduated with a master's in public administration, and then she served as the school's director of alumni programs and external relations before her role at the Center for Public Leadership. Betsy is currently speaking and leading workshops around the world on the changing nature of leadership. Her book, Take the Lead, Motivate, Inspire, and Bring Out the Best in Yourself and Everyone Around You, continues to be the basis of her work as her experience spans the corporate, political, and higher education arenas. Betsy, when you think about the topics that you speak on, hmm. what would you say is your absolute favorite? Was it something from corporate? Was it something from politics? Is it something from higher ed? What's your favorite? My favorite topic, which was really what my book was a journey when, when Simon & Schuster bought my book uh, in 2009, it's a long time ago now, um, 
it was a two-year journey. They, they really were like, what do you, where do you think leadership works? When does leadership work? When does it not work? And so it really was a two, took me two years to write my book and to really think about what was I saying about leadership that was different? There's a million leadership books out there. And so I went on this journey um, and my take on it was that leadership creates a feeling. Uh, that when we feel valued and included and part of something and that we're cared about um, and our, the people around us are open and willing to be vulnerable and transparent, we connect and do our best work. And I became, I feel like I've been on a, a journey with my work because when I started to look at the statistics um, about worker engagement back, you know, in 9, 10, 11, so all these years ago, it was like 70% of people in the workforce in the U.S. are disengaged. And I was like, really? And so I started to say, wait a minute, but we spend billions of dollars in leadership development programs. Maybe we're teaching the wrong things. So I have been on this crusade in my speaking to say, you know, how do you how do we teach leaders to tap into the their their heart space? And so my work now has evolved into the integration of the head and heart. So the, the head, all those things like focus, resilience, numbers, facts, sets the purpose of an organization. That, but that's only half the equation. The other half is what gets your team, your followers, your people to put the passion into your purpose is your heart. And that's the stuff where leaders talk to their people, ask them, what do you think? Thank, thank them for being part of the family, acknowledge them, um, allow them to manage their lives through flexibility, um, being transparent, all those things, right? And so leadership creates a feeling is that part of the heart space. And so I think that's what I'm, that's what I speak about, uh, a huge piece of what I speak about. And the other part is women's advancement and women's leadership. You talk about tapping into the heart space. How can a speaker do that? How does a presenter do that no matter the topic? The heart space is the, is the human aspect of what you're saying. The humanity part. It's the stories, the impact. What do you, you know, what is it that we're so barraged with information today? You know, it's like just everywhere we turn, like our phones and uh, it's, a, but Really, what what motivates people, what taps into their soul and their heart, is the stories of humanity. What are you saying, speaker, that matters? You know, what is uh, what are you saying that could change someone's life? What's an action step, or maybe something they walk away from that they maybe will do do something different? You know, what are you saying that can inspire them? But it's only through stories, shared humanity. I like to think of it in terms of ABC. You were talking about moving them to do something differently, right? And that's what I like for presentations to do. And that's what I like for my presentations to do. So using ABC, I like to tell people you want your presentation. And it doesn't matter what it's about. It could be about accounting, marketing, I don't know, whatever, websites, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> spider webs, I don't know, but <laughs> move them affectively moving them with the heart and with feelings, with yep. stories, move them behaviorally, mm -hmm. make them change what they're doing. Mm -hmm. well, not make them, you can't make anybody do anything, but that's a whole other, con whole other conversation, but move them to where they want to do something differently based on what you shared. And then C, move them cognitively, change their thinking, 
And maybe you're not able to do all three with every single person in the room, but maybe with a third of them, you're, you're able to move them affectively. You've done your job. A third of them are moved behaviorally to do something differently, walking out of those doors and you've changed the thinking you've made a paradigm shift or had a paradigm shift occur with another third, that's fantastic. 100% of the audience is not going to 100% pick up 100% of what you're putting down. It just no. doesn't No, agreed. Yeah, no, that's a great way to, to what you just laid out is a great way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're not going in there hoping that they will feel differently, move differently, or think differently. If you're not going in there with that, your with, with, with that not being your plan of action, what are you doing? What? Right, exactly. <laughs> We're just talking for the sake of hearing ourselves talk. Right. But if you're going in there saying, I want someone to do something that they've not done before or something in a different way, all right. That that I think that takes some of the the fear out of speaking when you look at it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you're you're sharing with people your knowledge and passion with hopefully that that your contribution will be they'll do something different or have an aha that makes their life better or more yeah. effective or gets yeah. results. I always talk about in leadership, leadership is what gets results. So are you getting the results in your life that you want to, right? And so that's why I always hope like let's think about what, how you're getting results and what are some of the steps you can get to get better results, to get your people, you know, working at their best and happiest selves. Exactly. Exactly. In a little bit, Betsy, you will have an opportunity to ask me a question, but for now, my next question for you is this. When was there a time, I need you to think back, take us back to a time when you had a moment in a presentation where you thought, oh my goodness, that did not go the way I wanted it to go. What happened and what did you do to- Oh my God, that's a great to, question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2018, I was giving a speech um, for a big financial organization and it was 3000 people in the audience. And at the end of my talk, I was ending it with a video uh, that pro- was a Procter & Gamble video um, that was very inspirational and like tied my whole talk together, okay? And the night before, I had met with the AV team and they were pros. And they said to me, as I, throw- I showed three videos in small videos in my presentation, and they said, all the videos are working. I said, fantastic. And then we went through all the notes and we you know, added some notes on the, what do you call that on the bottom so you can read them. You can see, um, you know- um, the, the presenter notes. Yeah, the presenter notes. notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we put the speaker notes, just, just a few things I wanted to remember, quotes and things that we added on. And I felt really good about it, okay? Right, right. So I, my talk is done. I'm the first speaker, I'm the opening conference speaker. And uh, I'm standing up at the stage and all of a sudden I said, I'd like to share with you as we conclude this final video. And the video goes and it's the wrong video. Not even close. I don't even know. I I just, I was like, 
I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I said, I just said, hey, I said, please stop, stop the video. And I stood at the stage and in this moment, I don't know, my gut was, I said to the audience, that was the wrong video. Um, but I said, as leaders, things happen, right? I was like, things happen and we have to be, be flexible. So this is a mistake. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to put that video on my, on my uh, Twitter feed or, or, or I think it was Twitter feed. And so you'll be able to see it later if you're interested. And here's my Twitter. And people thought that it was part of my presentation. A lot of people thought it was part of my presentation. I was inside beside myself. And, but I learned the most valuable lesson, which was check your videos. Check everything because you can't, you know, and sometimes I'm not the most detailed person sometimes. A lot of times I'm not the best detail people person. I'm a big visionary and, you know, that's my skill set. So that's, so I have to make sure the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Like, I don't know why I didn't think to check. Well, do we have the right? My assistant had sent them. We, who knows what happened? We don't know. And it doesn't matter, but stuff like that happens all the time. And, you know, so that was a big, oh my God. <laughs> I, I I love the takeaway of check everything. And here's another takeaway, how beautifully and masterfully you navigated that to the point the audience thought it was part of the show. Mm -hmm. And that is what the best speakers do is on the inside, you are about to go mad, but you're just like that duck cruising on the water. And all the audience sees is the top of that body gliding gracefully, but those feet underneath are doing a jig. I mean, frenetic energy is the definition right there. And so whenever you have a hiccup, listeners, find a way to just remain calm and say to yourself, the audience is going to remember what gets my attention. If 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 I am going crazy and losing my mind and fussing and saying how it's the AV's fault, it's the assistant's fault, it's everybody else's fault, that's what they're going to remember because that got your attention in that moment. Say to yourself, what do I want my audience to remember? What do I want to be remembered for? I mean, right. in, in, in a split second, you have to do that. And then if you can, if you're as savvy and, and as smooth as Betsy. You just kind of make that transition. You think about your topic. Oh, my topic is about leadership. And there are mistakes and hiccups in leadership. And that's what we have here. And so Betsy made that nice little transition there and gained some social media followers in the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, listen, I, I, Bridget, I'm sure you've had that happen where the videos don't work. You know what I mean? I've had other presentations where for whatever reason they can't get them to work. And then we have to ad lib. You know, and you just have to take that moment and say, you know what, because in the end of the day, if you remain calm through it and say, hey, guys, you know, and the videographers or whatever might say, listen, we can't get it to work for whatever reason, then you just say, hey, okay, this is what this was, you could explain it, you could move on, you just have to make a split decision of how do I, in front of these people, you make the best of this situation. Make the best of the situation. Exactly. Well, I'm telling you, AV folks have come to love me because seldom do I use uh, anything outside of PowerPoint, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I am so, I don't want to say fearful, 
but I'm trying to minimize any problems. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I've I've had the video not show, not show properly. The audio's not functioning correctly. Although we checked it right before the session, we could go on down the line. You know, you you check, you check everything as best you can. You do the best you can, and when it falls through, you just you know stay on top of it. Yeah, yeah, as you can. That's a great story. Oh my goodness, that's a great story. Okay, Betsy, what is your question for me? So what, what, um, what is the, what have you, what's the number, if you were going to give a new, someone coming in to be a speaker, one piece of advice, what would be the most, like the number one piece of advice that you would give? The number one piece of advice I would give is figure out what is that thing you want to be known for? What is it when people hear fill in the blank, that thing, they immediately think Betsy Myers, Mm. figure that out and spend a lot of time figuring this out. Like what is your, not shtick, not niche, but what is it you believe in that is a part of you, is who you are, is what you're known for, that you love, that you're passionate about, that you could read about all day long, that you could think about, write about, speak about all the time. Figure that out, but spend a lot of time making sure you're clear on it and you feel good about it. That is what I would tell people starting out as speakers. Figure out what is your Maybe we want to call it brand. Maybe we want to call yeah. it your signature. Maybe we want to call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Figure that out, and then get with a fantastic branding slash marketing type person to bring that to life and think about how do you create your brand and your message and and um, yeah. I'm gonna shut up, <laughs> but no, that's it. No, I think it's really important what you said, because in some ways, what you were talking, I was thinking less is more, Yes, right? Like less is more. You can't be all things to all people. So what is it that you, right? And you know, who's done really a good job on this is Simon Sinek. He is known, what is your why? And so this is really what we're talking about. What's your why? You know, and I've just gone through this exercise. What's really interesting, Tom Peters, you know, the, the, and Tom Peters, the, um, he's a, a big time leadership guy who came out with In Search of Excellence in 1982. And, um, and he's been a mentor of mine over the years, but he's always said a lot of us leadership authors or speakers, we really talk about the same stuff, but it evolves. Right. And so for me, it was like, I started off with when I had to get clear when I wrote my book, you know, what am I saying about leadership that's different? And my take on it was that leadership creates a feeling. Most people would never think leadership creates a feeling. And that has morphed into over the last decade into my signature now, which is leadership of the head and heart. So that I've combined the head with the heart, but leadership creates a feeling was I was in the heart space all this time, but it evolves, right? And so we all have to evolve with our material, you know, and understanding what resonates over time. You, you start to keep up, I don't like you too, right? When people come up to you at the end of a talk and say, this resonated, this resonated, and you start to hear patterns, you know, picking, picking that up is important. And that what you just said made me think about a part two to my answer is even if you're starting out and you do all of this 
work with trying to figure out what is my message? What is my core speaking platform? And you do all of that work be comfortable with it evolving because I've been a professional speaker since 2001. And I promise you the core values from 2001 are not the same as the core values 22 years later. So be okay with it evolving. And it may just completely change. You may have some life altering experience where your you know, outlook on life and perspective around that core topic has completely shifted and that's okay. So be comfortable with evolving. Absolutely. Also, you don't want to tell the same stories for 20 years. You know what I mean? You better not. So, right. So we want to just, we want to grow and evolve and we start to come up with new stories or we have a conversation with someone or read an article or watch somebody's TED talk. And you just, you pick up things, right? Because I think you have to be a lifelong learner. That's one of my pieces of my work too. Like lifelong learning for speakers because you'll get stale and you, you've got to keep evolving. And, you know, what's everybody else talking about? You know, and how, do, what am I saying that's different? Um, you know, but you really see the leadership field has been evolving to this head and heart. People, a lot of leadership folks are talking about, you know, leaders as leader creating family, um, so there's a lot of people in this space and how do you differentiate yourself? Exactly. Exactly. Everybody make sure you go out and get a copy of Betsy's book. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, wherever you like to purchase your books. The title again is Take the Lead motivate, inspire, and bring out the best in yourself and everyone around you. Additionally, Betsy is currently booking speaking engagements for 2023 and beyond. Visit her website, BetsyMyers.com. Check the show notes, BetsyMyers.com. And make sure that you get on her calendar. Just click on the contact button on her website and um, plug in your information so you can get Betsy on your next stage. Betsy, what else do listeners need to know to make sure they're always owning the microphone? Well, you know, it's just just know that I always tell this all the time. Everybody has fear about speaking and it is something you you can get over that hurdle you know, when you want to own, because it's not just, you know, those of us who speak, it's also those of you who are listening. It's also how do you show up in a meeting, right? How do you give voice to the things that matter in your life? How do you, how do you give voice to that, that teenager you're trying to raise? You know what I mean? Like, it's like all about how we speak, how we communicate the things that matter to us in the world. And so it takes time to step back and be thoughtful. You know, what, what, um, one of the one, one of the things that st- stuck has stuck with me for years is when I was just starting off speaking, a woman came up to me at one of my talks and she gave me two pieces of advice that I have carried with me. One was she said, and maybe everyone will, will not agree with this, but it resonated with me. She said, "When you're on stage, wear solid colors. Don't wear big prints, big earrings, that stuff, because you want people you want people checking out your outfit. Like, what's that pattern?" Is that an, is that a pineapple or is that right? You don't want, (laughs) I had a speaker, a friend of mine, a speaker who said she, she did wear this suit with a shirt and it was, had pineapples on it. And she said, (laughs) people are like, what is that? What is, I was thinking the whole time you were speaking, you don't want people wondering what the print is on your shirt. So solid colors. I always wear a lot of solid colors. Okay. But the other valuable advice was 
always know when you're going to start a speech, what's the very first thing you're going to say and what's the very last thing you're going to say. So you don't ramble on, right? And never read a speech. Never read a speech. And I would say to people, when you think about your talks, what's the point you're trying to make? What's the story you're going to tell about it? What's the next point you're going to make? What's the story you're going to tell about it? And that will captivate people in a way. And I will tell you this one, can I, one last thing. This really, really struck me. I was speaking once and um, as Bridget said, I worked for, in my resume, I worked for President Clinton and uh, I was his chief of, uh, I ran his office for women's outreach in the White House. And um, I was giving a talk in Las Vegas and the lighting guy who did the lighting and also helped with the microphones came up to me at the end of my talk. And he said, you know what? I have to tell you that it wasn't the story or two you told about working with President Clinton that captured me. It was the stories you told about your daughter, Maddie. And because he said, I have four daughters and I'm a devoted dad. And that is what resonated with me. And it was what I realized from that is the everyday aspects of life that connect us. So when you're speaking, what is the way you connect to your audience that you all have in common? You know, people can't always relate to someone who's had whatever experience you worked in the White House. Okay, that's great, all great and good. But what connects me to most people is I'm a mom, you know, and whatever it is, we, or you, you both, you all, you have animals, you're, I'm a crazy dog lover. You know, those are the things that make us, or we've had failures. I'm very open about it. It's okay to be transparent and share where you made mistakes. I always do that in my talks. So connect to humanity and in your talks. And that's the advice I would give to people. And wear solids. And you're, yeah, and wear solids in your own authentic way, in your right. own authentic way. Don't try to be anybody else. You know, you're sharing your wisdom, your, your experience, your thinking with, with whoever it is, the, the crowd, the room, the meeting, um, whatever it is that, uh, that you're passionate about. That's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. If you nail the beginning and you nail the end of the presentation, I, I mean, you're solid. And then when you're connecting with them, point story, point story, point story. If you're trying to figure out how do you craft a presentation, how do you organize it? What are the three to five points you want to make? And then get a story to go with each one of them. Yes. And then connect on a human level because you're right. Some of us have these extraordinary experiences and these really impressive resumes. And some audience members cannot connect on those levels. Right. But if you could find that commonality, that yeah. thread that joins all of us in some kind of way, mom, dog lover, volunteer, I mean. Mistake that you made, loss that you had. You know what I mean? I, I, it's it's that kind of thing that keeps us connected, right? It's like that we shared that experience together. Um, it's not the lofty things, you know? Yeah. And nobody wants to hear a speech of people name dropping uh, for an hour, right? For an hour. It's like, oh, that's interesting part of your resume. That's not who I am that I worked in the White House. That's, that's oh, that's interesting. But who I am is a mom. Do you know what I mean? Is all these other things that make me connected to the human race. Um, it informs me, my leadership experience informed me. And I saw things that, you know, that had impact on my leadership. 
uh, and what I think about leadership, but it doesn't, it's not all who I am. And PS, it was 30 years ago. So we don't want it, right? So we have, what, 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 what are you thinking about today? What have you learned today? You know, and keeping, you know, curiosity and wisdom um, about what's going on today that you think that you've experienced. Yeah, totally. Most excellent. Betsy, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so honored, Bridget. So nice to meet you. Oh, likewise. Well, we're going to stay in touch. I have a feeling. (laughs) And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. I am Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. 